Welcome to the Centro Church Podcast. To find out more about Centro Church, please visit us at centrochurch.com.au or download our smartphone app today. So Philippians chapter 4, um, Paul is writing this letter to the church, the Philippian church, from a prison cell. He's in prison. He may be chained between two guards, um, but he's writing this letter to the Philippian church who he loves. So we're going to read from, um, we're going to read quite a bit, but I'm going to interject a little bit as we go. Read, uh, we're going to look at Philippians chapter 4, 1 to 13. It says, Therefore, my beloved and longed-for brethren, my joy and crown, stand fast in the Lord, beloved. He says here that they are his joy and his crown. <clears throat> Paul loved this church deeply. It, the crown that he talks about is a crown that um, in Greek culture they wore um, in the athlete, athletic games where they would win, you know, they would win a game or whatever, and they wear the crown, the wreath. Uh, it was also presented to people um, in honour of their, their fruitfulness or their fruitful life. So Paul says to the Philippians, they are his crown. They're his victory, the fruit of his ministry. Verse 1 also says to stand fast, to stand fast. But not stand fast on your own, but stand fast in the Lord. Be unmovable in our faith. When I, um, I looked at that word, I don't know whether... Did we get that photo of the Queen's Guard? Have you got that there? Yes. That's what I picture when we stand fast. We don't move. These guys are talked about all over the world. I don't know if anyone has been to Buckingham Palace and seen that, but people jeer, you know, they taunt them, they try to get them to move, you know, all sorts of things. Thanks, my love. I was very careful what I ate this morning, but it obviously made no difference. Um... <coughs> Yes, so the Queen's Guard, they stand fast despite what happens around about them. They're unmovable. Paul says to this church to be unmovable in your faith, to stand fast. These soldiers, they look harmless, but they are actually trained soldiers. Um, I don't know if you've seen them, but if someone does get to a bit closer, they will actually draw their guns and, um, you know, they look meek and mild, but they're not. They have a game plan. So we need to persevere in our faith. We don't change what we believe um, in whatever situation we're in, who we're around. We don't change what we believe. We stand fast. We stand fast despite what society says, despite what they say about the church, and however that affects them, we stand fast in what we believe. We stand fast on the Word of God. Verse 2, it goes on, I implore you, implore you, Yodia, and I implore Sintiki to be of the same mind in the Lord. And I urge you also, true companion, Clement, um, to help these women. Okay, it goes on in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. I was thinking um, about this song. I don't know if you are around in the 70s. Remember that song? Um, what's that? The ha, 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 ha. Remember that one? The joy of the Lord is my strength. <laughs> Imagine singing that now. But the joy, no, I'm not singing. There's a reason why I'm not on mics. So we, re we rejoice in the character of God. We rejoice in his promises and in our relationship with him. If everything else changes, he does not. We rejoice in the Lord. <clears throat> Verse 5, it says, 
Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, as Pastor Tim preached wonderfully a few weeks ago, he preached on this passage, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, and now at last your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you lacked you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. But I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. We all want to be strong, don't we? We hate being weak. We hate being weak. I don't know whether, well, maybe it's me. I hate being weak. I want to be strong. But you know what? The fact is we're not always strong. Situations come along that weaken us and, and, uh, and we don't want to be there. But it says that Paul was strengthened in prison and he is saying that I can endure, I can endure prison. God gives me strength to endure. We can have peace because there is a God. Hey, Marie. Hey, good to see you. <laughs> Marie's been in Canberra for the last long time. So good to see you, Marie. Sorry, I've gone off. You know, if you don't believe in God, if you don't believe in God, there's no hope and no help. It's a scary thing. If you don't believe in God, there's no help and no hope. Good luck, fingers crossed, hope all goes well. But chapter four is a chapter on peace. Finding peace despite the circumstance. Well, as I was, um, I'm a dreamer. And as I was looking at this chapter, um, I was thinking about, and I've actually said it to my husband, oh, I'd love to be on a tropical island away from everybody, away from the phone. Can you just imagine laying on the beach on your deck chair with your beach umbrella and there's a waiter over there ready with your cold drink, but you're on your own and you're listening there, watching, listening to the waves lap onto the beach. Can you imagine that? But that's not reality, is it? That's not reality, but we would love to be there all the time. So how do I find peace in this crazy world? We watch the news and really it's anything but peace, isn't it? Every story is a bad story and they might put a thing on about an animal right at the end just to make you feel better. But, um, but the news is terrible. We're in a world that's at war. And so today I want to share with you three things that will help you find peace in the way you think and peace in the way you live. So first of all, three things to help us in the way we think and put things in perspective. So first of all, uh, we can find peace because God is near. Verse 5 says, let your gentleness be known to all men because God is near. I love um, the story of Joshua in, um, and there's a verse that's in Joshua 1.9 and it says, have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Well, do you know, when I re- I've read that verse when I haven't been strong. 
And he says this to Joshua three times in this passage. He says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. You know that God is the same God, he's the same God yesterday, today and forever. He's the same God that said that to Joshua, he says that to you now. Joshua felt very fearful as a leader, now stepping into that role after Moses had died, his mentor. He is now leading the children of Israel. Well, what if they don't do what I tell them? What if they don't follow me? He was fearful, but that's what God wanted to say to him, and he wants to say that to you as well. He probably had sleepless nights, as we do at times. And for us, fear can come in many ways. Fear of what next year holds. You know, there could be a new job that we're fearful of or a different role that we're stepping into that we might be fearful of. There might be fear about um, what's going to happen in my marriage. What's, what's, you know, there's many things that we can be fearful of. We can be fearful of transitions and change in our life. But God is with us wherever we go. God is not somewhere out in space somewhere. He is near He's not wanting to judge us and he's not, want, he's not ignoring us. We don't need to pray him down or find him. He is near. He's with us this morning. He says, I am with you wherever you go. It's a promise to us. I am never alone. We are never alone. God is near. Remember that. God is near. The second thing, God hears. Verse 6 says, Be anxious for nothing but in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving in your heart. Let your requests be known to God. I find it interesting in that verse where it says thanksgiving in your heart. Why? Because it reminds us of what God has done for us in the past. We thank him for what he's done in the past. We thank him for the fact that we live in such a great country. And you know, you might think I've got nothing to be thankful for. Or we do. You live in Australia. We live in Ipswich be thankful we have the freedom to worship at Centro every week be thankful and look at all these great people that we come to worship with be thankful and oftentimes when we pray we pray for what we want don't we but God gives us what we need last weekend um, a few of us from here went on our encounter retreat and um, <coughs> It's, it was everybody got a word from God and it was quite amazing that, poor, that, that people were reminded that God is near. Yeah, uh, it was just amazing how God spoke into so many of our lives. And even for me, just the week before, I said, John, I'm so tired. You know, there was, this has been a big year for me. And, I, and, and it was ma- amazing because Jared, where is he? I saw him here. Jared actually had a word for me. And what did he say? He said... Um, your tank is low, your tank is low. And I thought, God just reminded me that he is near. I only just said that a few days, my tank is low. But God reminded me that he is near. And then as a result of that, you know, we had a time down at the creek, down at the dam. And, um, and as I'm walking down to the dam, um, he gave me a verse from Second Timothy. Uh, Be fearful it, um, for nothing but in prayer and supplication. Oh no, hang on, sorry, I can't remember. It's gone. <laughs> Uh, Second Timothy. Anyway, it was all about being walking in his power and his strength. And um, as I sat down at the dam, he, uh, he said to me, he, dropped, he said, stop making lists in your mind. I thought, where did that come from? Stop making, and I do that. I make lists in my mind. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. No wonder my tank's empty. It's not, you know, when you look at it and when you put it on paper, it's really not that big. 
God spoke to me and he reminded me that he is near and he reminded everybody else who was at encounter that weekend that he is near. He is near. He's not far away. He's paying attention. So keep talking to him. God is near. God hears. And the third thing is he guards our hearts and our minds. In verse 7 it says, And the peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. When we look at a guard, the guard protects the kingdom, doesn't he? We look at that guard, he's protecting um, Buckingham Palace. A guard protects, he's protecting our hearts and our minds. When I think of that, I think about how God is protecting our hearts and minds. He's protecting our thoughts and our feelings. And oftentimes God will speak to us about something, but because of how we feel and because we want something so much, we ignore it. And then the fallout from that is not peace. You know, the guard is protecting the kingdom from intruders. The guard out at the Air Force is protecting the Air Force base from intruders. He protects our hearts and our minds. The Holy Spirit speaks into our lives. We need to listen to him despite what we want. We need to listen to the Holy Spirit and be obedient. He is keeping us safe. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you this morning? It's a peace that goes beyond comprehension. He gives us a peace that goes beyond comprehension. You know, there'll be pain in our lives. There'll be bad circumstances. There are bad people. You know, Paul was treated unfairly in prison. But the fact is, despite all of that, he guards our hearts and our minds in the circumstance. This world is not a perfect world. It's a broken world. But it's only a temporary abode for us we are only living here for a short period of time you know I can't believe I'm nearly 55 I like I thought I was you know when did how did that happen (laughs) life is like this Paul didn't deserve to be in prison and he was you know the fact is he found God's peace and he was protected his thoughts and his feelings were protected as he found joy in the Lord Life can be messy and we all yearn for that simplified life. We all yearn for that tropical island to escape, but the fact is we can't. But we need to fix our thoughts and our feelings on Jesus Christ and listen to him and allow the Holy Spirit to guide us moment by moment. And his truth will shine through. He loves us. And what is he saying to you? Don't ignore it. He is guarding your hearts and your minds from the intruder. The enemy comes to to destroy us, to kill us. But God wants to guard your heart against that, against the intruder. Be sensitive. I tell you what, when the Holy Spirit tells you not to go on that website, listen to him. When the Holy Spirit says to you, don't say that to that person, listen to him. Whatever he says, despite how you feel and despite what you want, you need to listen to the Holy Spirit because the fallout is chaos if we don't. Listen to the Holy Spirit. I tell you what, your life will be a whole lot happier and a whole lot better if you listen to him. So remember, God is near, God, is, God hears, and he's guarding your heart and your mind. So now I want to talk to you about three things to live by. First of all, pray. Verse 6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. So who knows everything? God. 
Who knows the future? Who's in charge? It's not you? No, it's God. So we need to talk to him. We need to talk to him. We need to trust him. Why do we pray? Why do we pray when God knows everything? Have you ever asked yourself that question? If God knows everything, why do I pray? Because I'm showing him that I depend on him. I'm showing him that he's in charge. I'm showing him that I'm not in control. As we pray, we plug into his power and we learn to hear from him. Amen? The second thing is to think. Think about what? Verse 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So we need to ask ourselves, what am I thinking about when that person cuts me off? on the highway or that person pushes in front of me at the checkout or that person says something demeaning to me or my child is not doing what I want we need to ask ourselves is it true is it noble is it right is it just is it lovely is it pure and is it of a good report how we think of others and what we think of ourselves, do you know, we can all, it's, it's not only about others, it's how we think of ourselves. What are you thinking about yourself? <clears throat> What's your self-talk about you? Because how you think affects how you feel, then how you act. What are you thinking about you? Uh, I started um, a university degree 10 years ago, and I graduated, oh, I graduated on the 16th of December this year. That's a long time. <laughs> I want to tell you my thoughts about me. Uh, on my first assignment all those years ago, I had no idea what I was doing. I started school as a four-year-old. Back then, you started school when you were four. I turned five in the middle of February that year. So I was one of the youngest in the class, but that's just how it all worked. I don't know how it works now. But... And so I finished grade 10. I was 14, so I had to wait three months to actually get a job because I wasn't old enough. So I had a good time those three months, just a three-month holiday. That was really good. And I ended up in a clothing shop at Indrapilly, which I thought was my dream job. Um, it's not that there's anything wrong with that. I love clothes. But um, then, um, but anyway, that was what I did. When I got to about 18, I regretted the fact that I actually hadn't settled down and actually studied. Um, school was a bit of a, um, a social thing for me. Uh, I didn't really work that hard. Probably the last semester of school I did because I realised I was going to fail if I didn't do something. Uh, but I had decided that I wasn't that smart, so... You know, I'll just go out with my friends and whatever. And so that's how I viewed school, really, just to, just to get through until I finish. But then 10 years ago, I thought I wasn't, you know, I needed, I needed something to help me pastor you people, to love you people. I felt inadequate. Um, and so I thought I'm going to go and do this degree. 
And my first assignment, I remember I, I had no idea how to put anything together because I'd never really done it. I didn't know how, you know, referencing was my big issue. You know, referencing and, you know, doing an introduction, conclusion, all that. And I remember standing in my kitchen and I was right near the bin because I was throwing some, you know, the next lot away. That and, um, and, and there was a little voice that said, who do you think you are trying to do this? Who do you think you are? You're not that smart. Why do you think you can do a university degree? You're not that clever. And um, anyway, I, it sort of took me down, down, down. And then I thought, no, I'm going to do this because I'm also a determined person. And um, <clears throat> I wanted to do this because I had a goal in mind. I wanted to do it. Now, there have been many times over the years there have been quitting points, there have been tears, there's been, you know, mess. But I, have, I finally have done it. But that was, a, that was something that I told myself. And I wonder today, what are you telling yourself about you? What, has your, what is your story? And what, what does that story then, what are the names you are calling yourself? Are you, you know, dumb, unwanted? I don't know what it is. I don't know. But what are, the, what are those words that you say to yourself that keep you boxed in where God doesn't want you to be? Oh, this has gone right down to the front again. I have trouble with this. But this morning I want to share with you um, what God thinks of you. And these are all written through the Bible. Let me tell you what God's thoughts are on you. He says, For you were made in my image. For you are my offspring. I knew you even before you were conceived. I chose you when I planned creation. You are not a mistake, for all your ways are written in my book. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I knit you together in your mother's womb and brought you forth on the day you were born. I am not distant and angry, but am the complete expression of love, and it is my desire to lavish my love on you, simply because you are my child and I'm your father. I offer you more than your earthly father could ever. For I am the perfect father. Every good gift that you receive comes from my hand. For I am your provider and I meet all your needs. My plan for your future has always been filled with hope because I love you with an everlasting love. My thoughts towards you are countless as the sand on the seashore and I rejoice over you with singing. I will never stop doing good to you for you are my treasured possession. I desire to establish you with all my heart and all my soul and I want to show you great and marvellous things. For if you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. Delight in me and I will give you the desires of your heart. For it is I who gave you those desires. I am able to do more for you than you could ever possibly imagine. For I am your greatest encourager. I am also the Father who comforts you in all troubles. When you are brokenhearted, I am close to you as a shepherd carries a lamb. I have carried you close to my heart. One day I will wipe away every tear from your eyes and I'll take away all the pain that you have suffered on this earth. I am your father and I love you even as I love my son Jesus. For in Jesus my love for you is revealed. He is the exact representation of my being. He came to demonstrate that I am for you. And to tell you that I am not counting your sins, Jesus died so that you and I could be reconciled. His death was the ultimate expression of my love for you. I gave you everything I love that I might gain your love. If you receive the gift of my son Jesus, you receive me and nothing will ever separate you from my love. 
Come home and I'll throw the biggest party heaven has ever seen. I have always been father and will always be father. My question is, will you be my child? I am waiting for you. Love your dad almighty. This is truth. This is truth. So whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. We need to put that somewhere on our mirror, on our fridge, on our wall, and we look at that every morning and repeat it so that it goes into our psyche. So that's how we live our day every single day, whether it's the situation, whether it's a person, whether it's me, whatever is praiseworthy, I will dwell on these things. This becomes my language. You know, just who, who do we hang around with? Those negative people, we need to just walk away, hang with those people that are going to help us and encourage us. And this becomes our language. We need to catch ourselves when we start, you know, having those self-condemning thoughts. We need to start to live like a victor and not a victim and we need to bring a new joy into our relationships so we need to pray then we need to think and then we need to practice verse 9 says the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me these do and the God of peace will be with you verse 11 to 13 says not that I speak in regard to need for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul says to follow him as he follows Christ. We need to, be pra- we need to practice being an example for Jesus Christ despite what is going on around us. We need to st- stand firm in the Lord. You know, as a church, what, what we want is for people to say, what is it about those, those people? What is it? What is different about those people? And we will have neighbours knocking on our door. We will have people ringing us out of the blue, wanting to know what it is about us, and we can share the gospel of Jesus Christ. This type of living catches the attention of our neighbours and our colleagues. Verse 5 It says, let your gentleness be known to all men. Our gentleness, how we behave, in the way we consider others. You know, we used to sing in Sunday school, um, Jesus first, ourself last, and others in between. That is so true. It's not about me being first and me missing out. As a Christian, I need to think, you know, don't sweat. Let let it go. You know, if you want to go ahead of me, that's fine. Um, But our gentleness needs to be shown to all men. And it's not about my needs or me being noticed or me being whatever. It's not about me. It's about the kingdom of God and winning people into the kingdom of God as a result of who I am and how I behave because I will influence people for the gospel of Jesus Christ as a result. I've had a neighbour come and see me out of the blue and um, <clears throat> she, she, when she came to me, and it was really weird for her to come to the office because she's never been there before, and she said... She said to me um, that she said to her family, I'm going to go and see Francine because she's the only person I trust outside my family. She's been watching me for years and years and years and years without me even realising who's watching you. Who is watching you? We have the answer and his name is Jesus. He came to bring peace to this world and peace 
into the hearts of many. He came for all people. And we will one day receive that crown of victory that Paul talks about, amen, in heaven as a result of the fruit of our lives here on earth. Verse 2 says, I plead with you, Iodia and Syntyche, to be of the same mind in the Lord. Now, these women were having a disagreement, but he says to be of the same mind. Don't let our disagreements stop us from, okay, it's not about our disagreements over whatever, but it's about, you know, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Be of the same mind. Be of the same mind so that the people of this world can be one to Jesus. Don't allow our differences to distract us from the gospel. The enemy seeks to divide and conquer. The diff- our differences cannot be the main thing, but we need to advance the kingdom while we're here on earth. Verse 5 says, The Lord is at hand. He is near. This world of unrest will one day come to an end. And I pray that we will be a church ready for him. Amen? We will be a church that stands firm. Jesus is coming again. And I pray that as a result of the way I live my life on earth, that I will stand with that crown that I will bring people with me that have found his peace as a result of my life. So we need to remember that God is near. He hears. He guards our hearts and our minds. And what we need to do is pray, we need to think, and we need to practice being and walking in the image of God. So this morning, I want us to stand, and I'm gonna, um, we're going to have a time of prayer. I really want to pray for people. We've got a team ready to pray. And if, if let's just stand together. Let's just stand. And if you're in a, a circumstance at the moment where you need God's peace, we want to pray for you. If you're uncertain about your future, if, if there are things going on in your life that you're in turmoil about, there is a war going on in your heart, in your life, or whatever, we want to pray for you this morning. So let's just, um, we're going to sing this song. Is Angie here somewhere? I just want us to just forget everybody around about us because my heart is that we will be a strong church, not falling over all the time when things get tough, but we're going to stand firm. We're going to be strong because we, we know how to live and we recognize the fact that he is with us. He's with us this morning and he wants to, he wants to do a work in your own heart. So we're going to sing this song. Thanks, Ange. And you know what? Get out of your seats. If you need prayer for anything, get out of your seats. We're going to stand with you. We're going to pray for you. And we're going to believe for you for your miracle. Amen. Let's stand. Come on out. Don't wait. Just come on out. It is well.